why are we tearing down Brock Purdy, who's in a situation that quarterbacks dream of being in? It's a great question. I know you've addressed this, but can you answer that for me and for us? Why yeah. are so many people coming for this dude? Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I call it small dong energy, Jim. Hey now, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast and welcome to episode 299. We are just one week away from a massive milestone, episode number 300, and we've got a really good guest lined up for that, so you definitely want to make sure you check that out next week. Good news is, you do not have to wait for episode 300 to hear a major guest, because right now, I have... A former Heisman Trophy winner. He was the number two overall pick in the 2012 NFL Draft. He was the NFL Rookie of the Year. He is a former Pro Bowler. He is, of course, Robert Griffin III. Listen, like the kids say, no cap. I am pretty fired up to talk to RG3 today because I find this guy fascinating. His career, his comeback in Baltimore, and his next chapter is a star in the media game. And I'm pretty certain that after you finish hearing this, you're going to find him fascinating as well. So let's get right at it. It's episode 299 with Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Robert Griffin III. And it's coming at you right now. So, Robert, I appreciated the conversation. We had so much in my daily program that I got greedy with it, and I tried to see if I could double down and get you to stretch out for the pod. And here you are. Here the bleep you are. I appreciate it so much, Robert, man. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing good, Jim. I would be doing better, honestly, if uh, if so many haymakers weren't being thrown at my guy, Lamar Jackson. I uh, really wanted them to win that game, but Patrick Mahomes' greatness just continues to shine through. Uh, he's, he's by far the best quarterback I've ever seen with my own two eyes. He's not the GOAT yet because Brady uh, with the rings, with the six rings is still there. He needs a couple more to, to be in that conversation. But I would be feeling better if the Ravens had won, but I can appreciate greatness when I see it. All right, so I appreciate what you just said. So why don't we just start right there then? I mean, how do you explain Lamar having such a poor day in such an enormous spot? For instance, how much of that is what the Chiefs did to him defensively? And then how much of that was self-inflicted? Yeah, I think the, the Chiefs allowed the Ravens to beat themselves. That's just the bottom line of it. And and I did a long thread. It was about nine tweets long on X talking about this subject because obviously I played there in Baltimore for three years and, and seeing them go down the way that they did was heartbreaking. So I wanted to gather my thoughts and be able to express those. But the bottom line for Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, is the, the touchdown pass to Zay Flowers in the first quarter where he held the ball for eight seconds and then broke the tackle and, and, and threw a beautiful off-schedule uh, pass to Zay for a touchdown was the microcosm of the problem for them throughout the game. Uh, Lamar has become really patient in the pocket, allowing his guys to work. And, and when you got guys like OBJ and Zay Flowers and Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews and Nelson Aguilar and, and uh, Rashad Bateman, you can do that. But I felt like the Ravens needed to utilize his legs and his arm in combination from the very beginning of the game. They needed to move the pocket. They needed to run uh, designated runs for Lamar because it is the AFC championship game, and you need your quarterback to be Superman in those types of environments, and I don't feel like they allowed him to use all of his powers, and I think it's a great learning lesson for them moving forward I don't think that'll happen again. I was going to say, Robert, what about the game plan overall? Like you're just saying, for instance, let him use his superpowers. What about the run game overall? That was the number one yeah. run game in the NFL coming in. Do you think that they abandoned that run game, or was that the game plan? 
I, I think uh, I got a lot of respect for Todd Munkin coming over from Georgia, back-to-back national championships. Uh, he's had a ton of NFL experience. Uh, they got a little pass happy. 80, and when I say a little, I mean a lot. 82% drop back passes. And I know how this goes when you're in those meeting rooms. Sometimes you can overthink it. Uh, and I think this was one of those cases. Uh, the game was almost, I believe it was always a one-score game. Uh, and for you to be the number one rushing team, which is in large part due to your quarterback and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, uh, I thought three carries for Gus Edwards was was not even close to enough. And I, you, I can't criticize necessarily how they got to the AFC Championship game, but it is fair game to criticize their approach in that game. Uh, and I think that they should have certainly ran the football more than they threw it, which was something they had done the majority of the year. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I don't get that at all. I mean, three carries, you know, he runs for 15 yards in that first carry. That's in part how they got there. That seems kind of strange to me. Robert, if I were to backtrack, I want to ask you something. Like, I say this is somebody who never played the game but has been in the game for more than three decades. And in my opinion, you're absolutely killing this game now on air and on social. And I say that not because you're here, but I I say that with great respect. I'm really curious about your process and your mindset for this second career. How do you approach it and how much fun are you having doing it? Jim, I appreciate you you saying that. And and, and honestly, uh, you've been a guy that's been doing this for an extremely long time. Uh, My approach... Uh, to doing TV is not to just do TV. Uh, That bothers me. Uh, I've been in the game for three years and I want to tell guys stories the right way. Um, When everyone's looking at the loser and trying to tear down the loser, I want to build up the winner. Uh, That thread that I did on X about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens wasn't to pacify the moment. It was to give a different perspective on what's happening and the fact that the Ravens team this year was one of the best they've ever had, not only on paper, but also the fact that they made it to the AFC championship game. They hadn't been there in 11 years. So my approach comes down to wanting to tell guys stories the right way, because I didn't feel like my own was told the right way. And also wanting to have fun with the fans. Uh, That's what this is all about. It's uh, at ESPN. uh, My first producer's name was Kim Belton. And he asked me, is it a big E or a little E? And I had no idea what he meant. I was literally trying to figure out, all right, let me look at the logo. Is it an actual big E or a little E? But what he meant was, is it big entertainment or is it little entertainment? And I like to think that it's big E for ESPN. It's a big E for media and what we do. But it's also about not entertaining at the detriment of the players. And I feel like that is something that I want to want to obviously spearhead and change. But that's why I'm approaching it that way. Let's have fun. Let's let's celebrate these guys. Let's be critical and constructively critical when we have to be. Uh, and in, the, in these situations, like with the Ravens, that's exactly what I'm doing. All right, so I can appreciate that. It's not always about tearing everybody down. It's not always about going and placating the lowest common denominator. But I want to follow up on something you just said. You said that you want to tell stories and you want to tell stories accurately because you don't feel like your story was told accurately. Where were you misrepresented? What would you like to be? What would you like your story to be known as the, in a way that it wasn't told? Yeah, I mean, it's that's really difficult to like to like break down in this moment. Um, I just look at I look at guys that play today and 
you know, I had a really great conversation with uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, who's, you know, been going viral the past couple of weeks, really, because of some of the stuff that he does on the field, whether it was waving, waving the hand at the fans in the second quarter. Um, and, and guys around the league believe, and I think they're correct, that narratives get created about them. Uh, and they, it, you can't fight every single little narrative or, or put out every little fire that, that is started. But if a guy was a great leader, a great teammate, uh, great in his community in college, uh, I don't think it's fair. Not, fair is not even the right word. I don't think it's right to go on national TV and pick apart that guy in a way that is unbecoming of who he has shown that he is. Uh, and I feel like that happened to me at times in my career. But as a player, there's a fear that if you fight back against the media in those times while you're playing, that you could get hurt. It's changed now. Players have podcasts. They're, they're being able to control their own narratives much more uh, efficiently and effectively in today's game. Uh, but back then and even before my time, that necessarily wasn't the case. Um, so I don't want guys to feel like they have to be buddy, buddy with me or be my best friend for me to talk about them glowingly because these guys are the best in the world. I can't sit up there and say that they suck or they can't get this done when they've clearly proven that they can because they got to that level. My job is to tell you how they can get better, what, what they're doing amazingly and do it the right way. And that's exactly what my goal is every single time I get in front of the mic. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? All right, I get that. You know, back to this point about how we should not be in such a hurry to tear guys down. I thought recently, Robert, you posed a great question when you were asking, and I quote, why are we tearing down Brock Purdy, who's in a situation that quarterbacks dream of being in, it's a great question. I know you've addressed this, but can you answer that for me and for us? Why yeah. are so many people coming for this dude? Yeah, I, I think it's I, I call it small dong energy, Jim. And uh, there's a lot of people who said he wouldn't be anything right. Like if you look back to the draft, Brock Purdy wasn't talked about. Why wasn't he talked about? Well, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the draft. Some people didn't think he had a strong enough arm. They didn't think that he was uh, physically gifted enough. Um, you know, like a Lamar Jackson or whatever it may be. But what they missed on was the fact that he started so many games in college and that he was a he was a true dual threat quarterback that could beat you with his arm with timing and anticipation and could also use his legs to extend plays. So I think some of it is just a self-fulfilling prophecy of when you say, oh, my gosh, this team is going to win and then they don't win or this quarterback is going to be great and then he's not great there's a lot of protectiveness of people protecting their take. 
Uh, I just don't believe in that. I mean, if you don't believe something, why would you say it in the first place? I've always been a believer in Brock Purdy. Would I have drafted him as the first pick in the draft? I don't think anybody would have. But I'm certainly not going to hate on the young man because he's got weapons around him uh, that all quarterbacks wish they had. And he's playing the position better than anyone else is playing the position. And I say that knowing that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback uh, in the NFL, in the galaxy right now. But you can't argue that Brock Purdy has didn't play this year the quarterback position better than any other quarterback in the NFL. Hmm. Hey, listen, I'm a big fan of the guy. I think that, hey, listen, he is what he is. He knows what he is. He knows what he's not. He's working on his weaknesses. I'm a big fan of his. Let me just ask you one more thing about him. Do you look at Brock Purdy? And I know, great situation, great guys around him. He's got nothing to apologize for, but do you see him as a special player overall? Wow, that's a great question, and that's why you've been in the business for such a long time. I, I do I do view Brock Purdy as a great player. And here's my reasoning. People will try to throw the label on him that he is a system quarterback. Well, Jim, who isn't a system quarterback? Tom Brady was a system quarterback. He brought that system to Tampa Bay. Peyton Manning was a system quarterback. He brought his system to Denver so that they could continue to run the things that they were really great at and comfortable doing. Brock Purdy just so happens to excel in Kyle Shanahan's system. If he was to go somewhere else, why would you put him in any other system if he's shown you that he can be 21-5 and five as a starter? So I think a little bit of the consternation around system quarterback, game manager, whatever it may be, is a, is a overblown because everyone's not going to look like Lamar Jackson. Everyone's not going to look like or play like Patrick Mahomes. But you can execute at a high level. And that's what Brock Purdy is doing better than anybody. I agree, Robert. Look, I've done this long ago, long enough to know. I remember people used to say the same shit about Joe Montana. Is Joe a system quarterback? Are you kidding me? Joe Montana? Is he a system quarterback? Yeah, but Bill Walsh. Yeah, yeah, but Joe Montana. So I agree with you. Let me ask you this. When Deshaun Watson's season ended in November due to a shoulder injury and the Browns were considering their options, you said on your podcast that you were confident that you could help them reach the Super Bowl. They signed Joe Flacco. He plays really well. He just turned 39. You're 33 right now, about to turn 34. Do you still have that itch? Do you still want to play in the NFL? Yeah, Jim, I do. And and here's the thing. People always, like my own uh, colleagues are like telling me, hey, RG, bro, you got to stop talking about how you want to play. And my response back to them is, why? Why do I have to stop saying that I want to play? Uh, I enjoy what I, what I get a chance to do, and I enjoy uh, ESPN blessing me with the opportunities that they have. I enjoy this process of being in the media and, and telling guys stories the right way and having fun with the fans. It's amazing. I always thank the fans because they've given me an opportunity to change my life as a player and in the media. But if a team was to come to me and say, hey, we want to bring you in to either compete to be our starter or we want to bring you in because we believe you can help this young guy that we have at quarterback in the same ways that you help Lamar Jackson, I'm all for that, man. So I'm not afraid to say that I still believe I can play. When the Browns signed Joe Flacco, it made sense, man. The guy has played more recently than I am. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's been there. He's done that. And I was happy for Joe. Joe was going to go out there, and he was going to make sure that he got them more than he got got. Now, do I think that a guy like myself could have helped in the playoffs when things break down and you need to make some special plays? 100%. 
But the Browns made the right decision by signing Joe Flacco, and it paid off big for them. Uh, if a team comes calling me, I'll be ready to roll. I train every single day, every week like I'm playing, and I just go do TV. So I'm enjoying this, uh, and I'm not – I have no regrets. It's more about I'm 33, and I know I can still play. So if the call comes, I'll be ready. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand-new fantasy app. Pick 6. Pick 6 is the newest way for you to get in on the fantasy football action with DraftKings. Just pick between 2 and 6 pro football players and choose if they're going to have more or less of a stat. For example, will a player have more or less than 100 rushing yards or will a player have more than one touchdown? Track your lineup and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app right now and sign up with the code ROME, code ROME, R-O-M-E. Only on DraftKings Pick 6, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Must be present in a state where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 is not available in all states including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. So listen, I mean, you're obviously very intentional in what you do. I can tell in the way you prepare, the way you go about it. I'm kind of curious, like, you still want to play, but if you don't get that opportunity, I mean, can you see yourself doing this or some form of this for 10 or 15 years, or are there other aspects of the game that interest you? Could you coach? Could you work in a front office? I mean, you could, but is it something that would interest you? Yeah, it's it's certainly something that interests me and and really a lot of guys that are in TV. Um, it, it's It's fun what we're doing. But I look at John Lynch, uh, a guy who was a player and went from TV to becoming a GM. Uh, You look at other, you know, former analysts, uh, i.e. one of the greatest of all time, and Deion Sanders, Coach Prime goes from being on NFL Network to, you know, now being uh, at Colorado and and changing that program around after what he did at Jackson State. So there's certainly an interest uh, for me in coaching and in the the higher ups of of being in a building uh, and, and player personnel. Uh, because uh, I just enjoy, I love football. I love the grind. Uh, I love the studying of it. And and I do believe uh, that I could pull off something like that, whether it be being a head coach or, or being a general manager. At 33 years old, I know that the sky's the limit. And I'm just going to continue to enjoy this until the next thing comes along. But I'll certainly believe there's an end goal in mind. Hey, man, time's weird, isn't it? I, even though you're almost 34, even 33, I find that hard to believe. It just seems strange to me that you're only 33. Like, does that seem strange to you at all? <laughs> listen, I, I remember I felt like yesterday I was 24 years old. So, um, listen, time flies, and and you got to make the most of the opportunities that you're given. I was able to go from being uh, rookie of the year uh, and feeling like you're on the top of the world to out of the NFL in 2017, fighting my way back, earning it, being the fourth quarterback on the roster for the Ravens and and convincing them to keep me. So it's like I, I've seen it. I've seen it all from an NFL perspective. I, I've, I've been able to accomplish a lot of things throughout my young 33 years of life. Um, but it's all about how you respond and how and how you react to what's happening to you. So I'm very you know thankful that uh, for my family, for my friends, uh, that God gave me the strength to be able to do uh, what I've been able to do and overcome uh, uh, up to this point in my life. But 
at 33, yeah, I know I'm still young, but I'm hungry and, and excited and, and thankful that I've been able to showcase so many different sides of myself here in the last three years. All right, so what about that, Robert? To that point, like, there's a lot of people listening, I think, right now, and I'm kind of broadening this out, that are struggling or they're dealing with something. I mean, we all know this, right? Everybody is dealing with something. You just said it yourself. You had to go to the Ravens as a fourth-string guy, as a guy who was always the guy. I mean, you know at that point you've got to subjugate your ego. You've got to find a way to grind and fight and battle back. What was your mentality? How did you get to that place where, like, all right, it is what it is. This is who I am. This is where I am. Now I've got to dig in. I've got to fight. What got you through that time? Yeah, I mean, it's going to sound, you know, I don't want to say cliche-ish, but it was honestly, it was God is my family uh, that got me through that. In 2017, when I was out of the NFL, I did something that I feel like changed my life forever. Uh, I finally was able to let go of what happened to me in Washington. And for anyone that's listening, that that's going through something, like you can't allow what happened to you in the past to stop you from pursuing whatever it is with all of your intention in the future. Uh, my family helped me do that. But 2017 also taught me how much I wanted it, because when I when I wasn't getting calls in the middle of the year and quarterbacks were going down, I continued to train. I remember being out on the track with my wife and I was actually running 400 hurdles and doing a 10 hurdle buildup where you run one hurdle, you come back, you run two, you come back, and you do that all the way around the track for 10. And I was laying on the track after the 10, ready to pass out, couldn't breathe, legs cramping and everything. My wife looked at me and she said, why are you doing this? Like, you don't have to do this. You're financially secure. You, you know, you, you played in the NFL. Like, that's everybody's dream. And when I finally caught my breath 20 minutes later, I told her, I'm doing it because a ready man doesn't have to get ready. He stays ready. And I wanted to make sure that I was ready for my next opportunity. Through everything that I've been through in my life, Jim, uh, I always made sure that I was above reproach. If I was telling you to work hard, I was going to make sure I work hard. If I was telling you to be kind, I was going to make sure I, I was going to be kind. And that helped me put everything aside in 2018 when the Ravens called me and told me they wanted me to come try out. I tried out, I made the team, and then I spent the entire offseason not getting any reps but in the preseason, I started three football games and I made sure that I put my best foot forward. So that would be my advice to anyone out there. If you're going through something, don't be afraid to sit down and admit, all right, what's holding me back? What happened to me in Washington was holding me back. I let it go. You move forward and you attack every single day knowing that you're never going to be the reason that you're not prepared or ready for that next opportunity. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. All right, so listen, that that is not lost on me. That is gold. That is gold. I think that is really, really good. I would ask you one quick follow on that. Like, the, the problem for so many people, Robert, I think is in— I fall, I fall prey to this too. We all watch that same movie in our head over and over and over again, but it's a crappy movie and it's holding us back. Like you mentioned, 2017, was it a, just a choice, a decision, a snap decision that this does not serve me, it's holding me back, and then bam, you just moved on? Or was it a process you had to get through? Yeah, I think 
when I, when I look at that from a 2017 standpoint, what got me over that hump was when we accomplish great things in life, anybody, right? If you see progress, you think to yourself, all right, I'm at this level now. I can't go back down. I, I'm not going to restart. I've already accomplished all these things. Uh, I'm not going to make myself lesser just to try to make someone else feel better. And what I learned in 2017, I was on the track with my wife's track coach, a guy by the name of Brooks Johnson. And I got a call from the Ravens and they offered me a contract after my tryout. And it wasn't a great contract, Jim. It was barely above league minimum. And I just looked at my coach and my wife and said, I, I'm, I know I'm better than that. I, I should not take this offer. And coach looked at me and he said, if you're going to bet on anybody, why wouldn't you bet on yourself? Is this your only opportunity to get back in? Is this your only opportunity to go and prove it, not only to them, but to yourself? And I picked up my phone. I called my agent and I said, take the offer. Now, I'm not telling everyone out there to go accept bad offers. What I'm saying to you is, if you really want it and you can see a path forward, then go get it. You can prove to whoever is on that team that you're going to be working on or working with that you are a valued asset. I was able to prove that to the Ravens who didn't draft me, who brought me in as a fourth quarterback and didn't give me a bunch of reps. I was able to prove that to them that I was a valuable asset as a player and as a mentor to Lamar Jackson. You can go prove that as well. Even if you have to take a couple steps backwards, it's going to launch you forward. And those years in Baltimore, I believe, are the only reason I'm in TV today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Need a little help? O'Reilly Auto Parts can help. Need advice? We've got advice. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Exceptional customer service. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. See, I hope, Robert, you understand and can appreciate where I went with that because to me it's easy to look at your playing career when things were great and you were healthy and you were on top. But I think, like like you said, in telling these stories, you want to tell these stories. There's so much that goes on that we don't know. I've said this from day one, even long before social media blew up. We don't really know any of you guys. We don't know what goes on. I don't know that a lot of people know that you rebuilt yourself, your mind, your body, the way you did to put yourself in this position the point you just made I don't know that I would be on TV right now had I not gone through that process with the Ravens and I almost didn't go through that process with the Ravens but I did dig in I I hope that you felt that was worth your time because I got so much out of that part of that story I think that's a big part of who you are and that people might not know that you put yourself out there and you went through that and you rebuilt yourself I appreciate you saying that and and, and at the end of the day you know, to, to truly answer your question about how I got over the hump from the Washington years, I just want everyone to know that, like, guys, life's not fair. <laughs> like, right. I don't know what other – I know I'm laughing about it, but life, it's just, it's just not fair. You get an opportunity, and I was drafted number two overall to the Washington Commanders, and, and that is something that not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. So that is never 
uh, lost upon me when it comes to me saying, oh, life's not fair. It's like, boo-hoo, you were the second pick in the draft. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is whether you're the second pick of the draft or Mr. Irrelevant, all everybody wants is an opportunity. You get that opportunity. And for me in Washington, it basically came down to this. No matter what happened and how it happened, the bottom line was injury set my career back. And I wasn't able to go out and be healthy enough, long enough to make my career what I wanted it to be and didn't play well enough down the stretch to make that happen. That wasn't something that I had to come to realization with in 2017. In 2017, I just had to let go of all of the little things that were huge things that I felt like weren't being addressed or talked about. Because at that point, guess what? It didn't matter anymore. It wasn't I didn't need to hold on to those things to that wasn't going to help me become the best quarterback. I could be the best husband, the best father or the best analyst at this point. Let that stuff go. Use it and now apply it to what you're doing in a way that you're you're not upset. You know what I mean? You're not carrying that with you all the time. I feel so free now because I went through that process. Thankful to my family, thankful to God, and obviously thankful to ESB and everyone else for giving me an opportunity to share all these stories. No, again, it's so inspirational. I'm so glad you shared that. It's so true. You got to let go of the stuff that does not serve you. It's not good energy. It's not good energy. So, Robert, f- thanks again for that. Leave us with this thought. I know you're not in the prognostication business, but you can't break down anything. You've seen the film. What is your early lean in the Super Bowl? What do you think the game ultimately is going to come down to? Yeah, um, Jim, my early lean is to is to believe in Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, I call them the core four. You're talking about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones. As long as they have the core four, the Chiefs will continue to be a dynasty. What I've been most impressed about from the Chiefs this year is that Patrick Mahomes has his worst receiving core of his entire career. And they finally figured it out. I had said this midway through the year that the Chiefs needed to adapt their new identity. Their new identity is they're an old school football team. They got a great defense, number two defense in the NFL. They got the greatest quarterback in the galaxy. They got a number one tight end in Travis Kelsey. And they got a number one receiver in Rasheed Rice who can spell him. But the thing that really makes them go this year is Isaiah Pacheco. They have a reliable, violent running back that they can hand the football off to, play great defense, and Mahomes is playing high-level game manager football right now while also still being his special self. To me, that's been the greatest thing for the Chiefs. That adaptation in probably the last couple weeks of the season, realizing who they are, and I think that's going to pay dividends. So I'm I'm early to the Chiefs. But when you look at the 49ers, the difference between the last Super Bowl matchup and Super Bowl 54 with this uh, uh, rematch is Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is a better quarterback. He's better off schedule. And I think that's going to give the Niners a much better shot in this one than they had in the previous Super Bowl. But don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's a chameleon and he's adapted his game to fit his team this year. It's been the most impressive thing I've seen. <laughs> to, for the record, I have bet against him and it's like the dumbest thing ever. I actually went on record as saying, you know what's dumb? I'll tell you the dumbest thing ever, betting against Patrick Mahomes and points and I've done it. I've done it more than once and I don't know that I can do it again. RG, I thought I was pumped when you said that you would do my daily show and then I thought, you know, don't get greedy, but I gotta try. I can't say how much I respect <laughs> you and your time 
time because that was a big lift and a big ask. Man, thank you so much for availing yourself, being accessible, and stretching out for that podcast. That was an absolute blast, and I really appreciate you and your time so much. Uh, no problem at all, Jim. And thank you for having me on, man. Like, you you know this industry, and, and sometimes, I don't want to say sometimes, all the time, this industry is very cutthroat and very competitive. Uh, we all need... Uh, to be more supportive of each other. And I appreciate you being supportive of me along this journey. Dude, I, I get that so much. You're right, man. It, you nailed it. You nailed it. it. It is so cutthroat. There's enough to go around, man. We can all have some without killing each other. Dude, I appreciate you so much, Robert. Man, take care. Be good. And I hope we can do it again no soon. You got it. God bless, brother. I mean, damn. What a dude. What a great way to show up. Are there any questions left about why this dude is finding so much success off the field? If there are, there should not be. This guy is one of one. Nowadays, that does get thrown around quite a bit. But in Robert's case, it really is true. He is one of one. A totally unique journey, a totally unique broadcaster, and a totally unique perspective. My thanks to RG3 for bringing that perspective and bringing that juice to the original side hustle. That was awesome. That chat right there is what the side hustle is all about and why I'm still fired up to have a conversation and pump one of these eps out every single week, even though we are about to reach episode number 300. These chats still fire me up because they are still premium, they are still long form, they are still unfiltered, and you still cannot find them anywhere else. This is why you should consider subscribing if you haven't done so already. Do me that solid. If you will, find the subscribe button, slam the subscribe button, and I will catch you right back here next week from Las Vegas for the big one, 300. See you then.